Hey everybody, welcome into Sports Talk with Cole. Hope everyone's having a wonderful week. We're going to be talking week nine NFL action and a great weekend of college football. So without further ado, let's go. And we're talking NFL Week 9, and we're going to start out in Tampa where the Buccaneers were hosting the New Orleans Saints on Sunday Night Football. Really hyped up. Supposed to be a great game. Uh, the Saints won 38-3, and it was never close. Um, the Bucs got three points in the fourth quarter. Could have been a blowout. The Saints are now 6-2. and two. The Bucs are now 6-3. and three. Um, So the Bucs could still catch the Saints and win the division, but the Saints would need to lose a few games, and the Bucs would need to keep on chugging. Um... I'd like to first start out and say the Buccaneers punter sucked last night. He really didn't play that well. He had a lot of bad punts. Drew Brees was starting out from midfield a lot of the time. Um, Drew Brees, really impressive, always very accurate with his throws. Um, again, started at the 50-yard line most of the time and just you know worked down to the goal line and scored a touchdown. Um, the Buccaneer defense, I didn't think played horrible, but I didn't think they played very good. Definitely tightened up in the second half. But in the first half, they were working with a short field, and it seemed that Jared Cook was killing them. Um, Drew Brees and the Saints, Sean Payton called a beautiful game, I thought. We did a really good job calling plays. Um, they won They won this game. They came in there and won this game. And I think we go to the flip side. Tom Brady and the Bucks had Antonio Brown. This is his first game as a Buccaneer. Um, very exciting, um, kind of. <laughs> they went three and out, I think, the first five drives. And... I'm going to go ahead and try to dissect what the problem is here with the Buccaneers right now because they've lost three games. They're 6-3, and three, and last night, is Bruce Arians okay? Because he retired from the Cardinals a few years prior to taking the Buccaneers' job last year because of his health. Um, there's some, There was something wrong with his health. He couldn't coach football anymore. It wasn't healthy for him. So he quit coaching, and he retired. And then he got the job with Tampa Bay a few years later. I don't know if he just wanted to get out of the Cardinal situation and he wanted to take off a year. I, I don't know. But he did, his health seems to be in question on the sideline. I don't know what he's doing. He looks very confused a lot of the time. Um, and I, I'm going to say this. You know, there's a lot of uh, boy geniuses in the NFL, I think. Um, Joe Brady in Carolina, who is the LSU OC last year, the the boy genius uh, Sean McVay. Um Kyle Shanahan, the boy geniuses of the NFL. There's a lot of these young offensive coordinators people love. Eric Bieniemy. a lot of people call him a genius. He's not a boy, but he's a genius, offensive genius mind. Sean Payton's one of them. He's a genius. Um, and I think a lot of people thought that the offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was one of these new young offensive guru geniuses. Um, I don't know. I, I question his play calling a lot. And a lot of the plays, just I thought they were trying to force Antonio the ball, Antonio Brown. It didn't seem if you're going to force anybody the ball, force it to Mike Evans. By the way, but I was I was very confused. They ran the ball five times. They never really got the ground game going because um, I think every first down they threw an incompletion. So it it was it was rough. It was tough to watch. Um, give give the Saints defense credit though. They got some guys over there: Cam Jordan, Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, they have a crew on defense, too. These are two very good football teams. Um, but, again, Drew Brees was extremely accurate. Emmanuel Sanders is over there. Um, Tom Brady just also looked kind of out of it tonight. I, I don't know what it was, but he, he just seemed like he, he always had that same expression of, I'm pissed off on my face. But at the very beginning, he was throwing he, – he was a lot of incompletions, a lot of – 
just 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 not in the hands of the receivers. I couldn't tell if it was just not a great throw or not a great catch. Um, but it was just just a lot of uh, miscommunication too. Antonio Brown, there was an interception because Brown ran the wrong route. Um, one of the interceptions, Brady just hoisted up in the air. He had three of them. And then the other one was a lineman snacked it out of the air. So really, uh, the three interceptions, they, none of them were good interceptions, I'm saying, but not typical down-the-field bad throws, I don't think. It was just a miscommunication and a, just a heave on when they're down 38 to nothing. He just heaved it, one of them, and then the other one was a lineman catching it. So, again, I'm not trying to defend Tom Brady. He was terrible. He threw three interceptions, had a bad night. Um but yeah, this was really just, I think, the Saints saying, we are a great team. We have great defensive players. We have great offensive players. You know, you guys want to talk about all the high-profile guys on Tampa. We have guys, too. And we just came into Tampa Bay and kicked your butt. Um, a lot, lot to say about this game. I mean, Tampa Bay, their stadium is not really home-field advantage. I don't think anyone's fearing going into Tampa Bay even before the coronavirus. Like, ooh, Tampa. It's going to get loud in there. I, no, it wasn't going to get loud in there. It's never been loud in there, I don't think. No offense, Tampa Bay fans, Tampa Bay natives. It's not loud in your stadium. It's just not. Um, And you can – whatever. But go to the Superdome. Now, that's loud. That's a home field advantage. You go to Seattle, that's a home field advantage. Kansas City is a home field advantage. These places can rock. This Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. These are hostile places. Tampa, no, no. It is not hostile at all. It's not a great home field advantage. During a pandemic, there really is no super home field advantage, I don't think. But um, talked a lot about this game already past few minutes. But, again, New Orleans Saints came in there, imposed their will, won the game. Drew Brees diced them up. So many bad so many bad things happened for Tampa Bay. Um, so that's my take on that. Now we go to the desert where the Cardinals were hosting the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins won 34-31. Wow, a lot of great afternoon games. By the way, Tua Tungavailoa had a great game. The Cardinals' defense sucks, but he had a great game, I thought. Cliff Kingsbury needs to, uh, I don't know what he was doing there. You got to be more aggressive. They went out there and kicked a field goal, which was short. Zane Gonzalez was short on a field goal of like 50 yards, not even. And Kyle Murray's just staring him down as he walks off the field like, what in the hell did I just watch? Did you just did you just short a field goal of 50 yards? What is wrong with you? Did you slip? I mean, it it's almost impossible to not have enough leg to hit a 50-yard field goal, you'd think, in today's game. But he didn't. Um, Tua Tungvaloa was great, though. Him and Kyler Murray, if you wanted to watch two really good young quarterbacks have a shootout, um, this was the game to watch. DeAndre Hopkins didn't get the ball in the first half. Very surprising. You got to really force in the ball if you're Kyler Murray, I think. Uh, regardless, their offense was clicking. Um, I thought they did a good job on Sunday. They just Cliff Kingsbury. I think in that situation, um, it was thirty-one to thirty-one. You just gotta, you can't kick that field goal. You just gotta keep pushing, go for it on a fourth and two. Um, try to get the first down. Try to get a touchdown. Touchdowns are clear in games like this. I think don't kick a field goal because touchdowns are clearly premium. You need touchdowns. Field goals aren't going to win you this game. Um, the Dolphins went down and kicked the field goal and won the game, ironically. But in this game, I think you just need touchdowns when it's a shootout. Just, just my personal preference. Um, but yeah, good win for the Dolphins, who are now five and three. Cardinals lost, fall to five and three. So a game of two pretty good teams in the afternoon. Um, the Dolphins, they they got a they got a little 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 easy little schedule coming up here for them. They they could be in the playoffs. Um I like this Dolphins team. They play good defense. I think a Bill Belichick, 
assistant coach is finally having success with Brian Flores. And if anybody says anything about the Texans head coach having success, if anybody says Bill O'Brien's had success, if he's the Tampa Bay, if he's the um, Bill Belichick assistant that's had success, no, no. Brian Flores done a good job though. Anyways, move on. Las Vegas Raiders going to the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers, God, the Vegas Raiders won thirty-one to twenty-six. Vegas is now five and three. Chargers are two and six. God bless America. Can the Chargers find any other way to lose a game? Last week they lost because Drew Locke threw a touchdown with zeros on the clock. This week there were zeros on the clock, and the and Justin Herbert threw a touchdown pass to Mike Williams. The game was over. They they reversed it. They had a reversal last week, and then clear as day, I thought. The ball hit the ground, they overturn it, and the Chargers lose another game on the last play. Gosh, that's just painful. It's just so painful being a Chargers fan. And last week, I came on here and I said, gosh, to be a Chargers fan, is there anything more painful? Can you find any more painful way to lose? Well, this is another painful way to lose. They rule it a touchdown on the field that you think you have the game won. They're reviewing it. Nope. You didn't have it. You lose. Go home. Two and six. God bless. The only thing, the silver lining for the Chargers is Justin Herbert is really, really good. I think Justin Herbert's going to be rookie of the year. I'm not going to say he's better than Joe Burrow, but I'm going to say he's on that level. They're both on the same level. He's a very good quarterback. Um, and they're proving they're proving smart to take him. And with, with Tua's performance, it looks like the three first three quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft this year were very good. It looks like they're all hits so far. I mean, so far, it's early. But Tua in his first two games, the jury's still out, clearly. Two games, clearly the jury's still out. But he's looked good. He's looked pretty good, especially this week. Um, Justin Herbert's looked incredible. He's slinging the ball everywhere. And Joe Burrow's also looked very good. So, um, Derek Carr threw the ball. They had, I don't know how many deep balls Derek Carr threw. Derek, ball, Derek Carr um, is coming into his own with this Vegas Raiders. Um, I think he's doing everything John Gruden is asking of him and more because I think at the beginning of this year there was that there was that narrative that if Derek Carr does not play a certain way, John Gruden will bring in Marcus Mariota because that's why they signed him because Derek Carr's play has been kind of up and down. And I think maybe that backup of Marcus Mariota and John Gruden kind of going, hey, this is my third year. You know, we got to do something now. I think that might have put a little pep in his step, and now they're five and three, and they got a good chance to make the playoffs. I, I like this Vegas Raiders team. They they the only team that beats the Chiefs so far this year. We'll see how it goes the next time they play. But um, team's got a lot of grit. Um, and any co any team that's coached by John Gruden, I, I have faith in. I you know what I know a lot of people will say John Gruden is the most overrated coach in the NFL, and you're right, he is overrated. But I still think he's a good coach, and he has a lot of good coaching left in him. And I'm glad to see him back on the sideline, even though he was fantastic in the Monday Night Football booth, I thought. But um, congrats, John Gruden. Looks like in your third year, you could be on the way to a playoff run. And we'll see how it goes. They're dangerous. I mean, Derek Carr, if he has a good day, you're, you might be screwed. I mean, and Henry Ruggs, we're not even talking about him. Their first their first pick, eighth overall, he, he just had one catch yesterday. And, and that's, that's part of the problem. Mike Mayock, the uh, draft guru for NFL Network, who's now their GM, he has not hit on a lot of these picks. So, yeah. got to hit on your draft picks if you want to be a good team. There's so many things. There's so many. Ugh, there's just so many things that go into being a good franchise. Hiring a good coach. That coach hiring good coaches. It just yeah, drafting well. So, sorry. We'll see. Now we go to Dallas, where the Cowboys 
lost 24-19 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are now 8-0. Dallas is now 2-7. Oh, wow. In all these games, also the road team won. We'll see if the total of that at the end. But Pittsburgh looked good. They they looked good in the fourth quarter. In the first half, they kind of struggled. They, I don't know if they scored a point in the first half. They might have scored three, at least seven. I don't know. It, it, it was tough sledding. Dallas's defense stepped up a little bit, and they, they made it hard on Pittsburgh. And I heard a lot of people say today, well, you know Pittsburgh. That's how they do. They they. They, they play that close, grinded-out football. No, they'll beat the brakes off you if they want to. Dallas played good. Give them their credit. Their defense played good. Jalen Smith played a good game. His talent is clearly there. He just needed to play well. He played well. He had a good game. Van Der Esch had a good game. Diggs, the corner for the Cowboys, been telling you all year, I love this kid. Love, love this kid. Great, great cornerback. Great pick in the second round. I You know, amazing how many people passed on this guy. So they had a great pick there. Um... I think CeeDee Lamb had a fumble. CeeDee Lamb's been kind of inconsistent. He's he's He needs to be better, I think. Um, Garrett Gilbert, the Cowboys' fourth quarterback this year. Um, they told him he was starting probably yesterday, day before yesterday. He looked good. He looked pretty good. He made a few completions. He threw a pick in the end zone to Mika Fitzpatrick. Cannot do that. Cannot throw that red zone interception. Your team is in the game. You need those, you need those three other points to maybe get the game sealed or – you know, at least make it harder for the Steelers. So you can't turn the ball over in the red zone when you're the uh, underdog by probably 18 points or something like that. So um, Big Ben came in the game, though. He got hurt a little bit, threw a touchdown, um, rallied him in the fourth quarter. A couple questionable calls in this game, but all in all, Pittsburgh got the win. Um, again, they're 8-0, and they've looked better in other games than they did in this one, but 8-0 is 8-0. Um, not a whole lot more to say about this. Zeke ran really, really hard. Give him a lot of credit for what he did. Um, Kellen Moore, had, I thought, had a good game plan called. They're just working with nothing, with no offensive linemen. You know that are acting. You know, they just they have so many guys out. Both their both their tackles are out all year. Um, crazy Dust still has a shot to win the NFC East though, because Philadelphia has proven to be inconsistent. The Giants and the Washington Football Team played today. We'll get to that later. So divisions anybody's. Um, and we'll go to that game next, actually. The New York Giants, 23. The Washington football team, 20. This game was at Washington. Giants are now 2-7. and seven. Washington football team is 2-6. and six. Oh, boy. At the end of the game, let's first talk about what happened in this game. Kyle Allen, I think, broke his ankle. It was ugly. Um, clearly not, not, as, not as many people were going to talk about it as Dak, but a terrible injury. Um, and on trots, Alex Smith into the game. Now, Alex Smith suffered a gruesome leg injury, played a little bit this year when Kyle Allen got hurt or Dwayne Haskins got hurt before. Um, so he's got a little bit of playing time. But now it looks like it's his starting job, maybe for the rest of the season. Um, this team's 2-6. and six. I don't know what Dwayne Haskins did to Ron Rivera, but I, he pissed him off in some way because Ron Rivera's not even letting him touch the field right now. He'd rather trot out Alex Smith. Um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, this, this was a good game, though. Um, really might have been the closest game at noon besides the Carolina KC game. Um, it was close. Um, there was that crazy fumble that I'm sure everybody saw. And at the end of the game, um, Kyle Allen, or excuse me, Alex Smith threw an interception to Logan Ryan that would seal the game. And I'll forever not understand why the the New York Giants did not trade Logan Ryan to a contender. You could have got a second round, third round pick out of this guy for the draft this year. 
You're not going anywhere, Giants. Trade trade your decent veterans like Logan Ryan. Get some picks for this upcoming draft. It's the smart thing to do. I, I don't know what they're doing. But again, Daniel Jones looked good. Had no turnovers. Um, as much as I say the Giants aren't going anywhere, I, I like this Joe Judge guy. I think he's got this team playing hard. They play really hard every week. They're well-disciplined. Um, they came very close to beating Tampa last Monday night. And they pulled out this game. They've had a few close games against Dallas and some other teams and the Eagles. So um, I like this Giants team. This Giants team could easily be 4-5, uh, and 5-4. Five, five and four. Um, A couple more balls went their way. Daniel Jones threw a little less picks. So uh, we'll see what happens, you know, as the weeks go on. But this Giants team's not out of it to win the division. Neither, none of them really are. But, um, again, I like this Giants team. I'm going to pick them to beat Philadelphia this next week, so – you can give me crap if they don't, but I do think this Giants football team is good and it's headed in the right direction. But um, for this season, I think you should trade. I think you should have traded some veterans like that to uh, bolster your draft stock. Just off the side note, Houston, the Houston Texans at two and six, visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars one and seven. The Texans won twenty-seven to twenty-five. This was a closer game than people thought it would be. Um, they had their rookie quarterback, the Jaguars did, um, Lute Lutton, Will Lutton, I think is it? Jake, Jake Lutton, Jake Lutton starting this game, um, threw a touchdown, threw a pick, 304 yards, um, Robinson ran for 99 yards, so close to 100, um, flip side, Sean Watson, two TDs, zero picks, 281 yards, um, ran the ball for 10, ran the ball for 50 yards, Sean Watson looked good today, he led the team in rushing, um, I think Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback. I think this job is Eric Bieniemy's if he wants to at the end of the season. Um, the Houston Texans team is not as bad as they seem. They have a lot of good pieces there. Uh, I I didn't know if – I thought they might should have moved J.J. Watt or somebody else at the deadline to get a lot of young guys and start a and start a rejuvenation. I don't want to I don't want to call it a rebuild because you still have Deshaun Watson. You just need to put better, younger pieces around him, I think. And as good as J.J. Watt is, he's injury-prone, and he's in the twilight of his career, I think, or he's in the backside of it. Um, perfect time to trade guys like that and get value out of them at the deadline when your team – here's what I'm going to say. When I say a team's not going anywhere, I mean they're not going to make the playoffs. They could still have some good wins and you know, go be strong going into next year, but I really don't believe any of that. I believe at the deadline you have veterans, especially over 30, and you're not going to make the playoffs and they have value, go ahead and trade them. What are they going to do next year? I mean, they, they, they probably have one or two years left on their contract anyway. Tr- trade them away. Trade away that cap space and get value back for them. I don't understand why more people don't do that. But back to the game. Um, Sean Watson looked good. I thought that it was actually a closer game than you think. Um, gosh, Jacksonville. I really think Jacksonville's trying to tank for uh, Trevor Lawrence too because they, they had a chance to win this game. It looked like Doug Marone was like, nah, don't, don't do it. Don't do it, Lutton. Don't do it. We need to lose. We're, we're, you played well, kid, but we're still after the number one overall pick. So, And this year's just kind of been like this. It's been crazy because Trevor Lawrence is just that great of a prospect. So we'll see how that goes moving forward. Denver 27, Atlanta 34. So this was in Atlanta, and Atlanta is now 3-6. and six. Denver's 3-5. and five. Um Decently close game. Denver, uh, same thing as last week, didn't do squat in the first half and rallied in the second half. Maybe Drew Locke just needs to play only in the fourth quarter and have another game manager play in the first half because Drew Locke was incredible in the fourth quarter and in the second half of this game. Just didn't do anything in the first half. Um, 
Also, I don't know if people forget, Matt Ryan is a great quarterback in this offseason. Wherever he goes is going to be very interesting because I don't think the Atlanta Falcons are going to keep him. He's 36, 35, 34. He's old. So I think they're going to look to trade him. I think San Francisco's perfect with Kyle Shanahan, his old coordinator. Um, and they need a quarterback. Jimmy G, ship him out of town, get some pick, get a pick for him or something. So, um, yeah, this Atlanta team, they're frisky, though. If you're playing Atlanta – down the stretch this season, um, look out, upset alert every week this team plays you. This team's good. They'll fight you. They'll fight you to the end. They got an interim head coach in. I forget his name, but um, Dan Quinn's no longer there. They're going to start a rebuild at the end of the season. But, I mean, Calvin Ridley didn't play today, but you got Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, um, running back Todd Gurley, and Matt Ryan. This is a good team, good offense, a lot of good players. Hayden Hurst on this offense too. So, uh yeah, if they would have won a couple of their games, they really shouldn't have lost. This team might be at a different different point in the season right now. So uh, don't underestimate this Falcons team. They're frisky. Denver, uh, Vic Fangio is going to be fired at the end of the season. He's not a good coach. I don't know how the, I don't know how they won last week. They're playing the Chargers. Maybe that's just it. They cursed the Chargers. Um, need to figure out, is Drew Locke your guy, or are you going to get another guy in this draft? Um, I don't know. I can see Justin Fields going there and being well. Um, you got to figure it out. Got to figure out who's going to be their head coach, who's going to be their quarterback. We'll see you at the end of the season. Now we go to Kansas City, where the Chiefs played the Carolina Panthers. Kansas City 33, Carolina 31. Panthers are now 3 and 6. Chiefs are now 8 and 1 with that lone loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. This game was close. Teddy Bridgewater, I said he's kind of vanilla. I said I don't believe in him, and I, I don't. I think he played well today. Might have been one of the best games he's ever played. Um, he threw for 310 yards, two TDs. Um, really, really, Matt Rule and Joe Brady, that offense and that culture they made there in Carolina. They're three and six, but they fight every game, too. This is a team with so much less talent, too. Christian McCaffrey being back also was a huge boost. Without him, I don't think they come close. Christian McCaffrey's so, so, so good of a player. So good, man. What is Carolina going to do this offseason? Are they going to go after um, another quarterback? Are they going to bolster the defense again in the draft? Um, it's all very interesting because you know they're they're starting this rebuild and this new culture with Matt Rule, and they're really pretty good. I think they're a pretty good team, but you know they have that they have Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback, an older veteran who they signed um, three years, sixty million. So. I don't know where he falls in it. So there's a lot of big decisions down the stretch for Carolina toward the end of the season. And as this season plays on, I guess we'll just see where they end up in the draft and how they finish. But, um, yeah, that's just decisions like that you got to make. Because if you're Carolina, you want to win a Super Bowl. You want to get back there. You've been there twice in the 21st century, and you lost both these games. You want to get back there. I think you have a great coach to do it. I like Matt Rule a lot. I think that was an incredible hire. But now you just got to put the pieces together, and um, we'll see how they do it. Kansas City, great win. Great win, Kansas City. Pat Mahomes is great. They put him in motion. He threw a touchdown pass. Congrats to Andy Reid for figuring that out. That was incredible to watch. Um, I really like this. Uh, <laughs> my gosh, this team's just so good. I mean, Le'Veon Bell's on this team now. He's going to get better as the season goes on. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a great game. Just a very good team. Very, very good team. We'll, we'll 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 see if they can beat the Steelers. <laughs> they can beat the Steelers. Um, be interesting to see if anybody can beat this Kansas City team in the AFC, in all honesty. 
Um, really don't know if anybody can. But um, that's that game. Okay, now we go to Buffalo, where the Bills won 44-34 over the Seattle Seahawks. So the Bills are now 7-2, Seahawks now 6-2. And, two. and um, if you're in Seattle, you're hitting the panic button right now because your defense sucks, and it's really shown the last few games, I think. Um, it's shown all season. I mean, New England, we're seeing how putrid that offense is, and they put up good points, and they nearly beat Seattle in Seattle earlier this season. Um, Russell Wilson let Russ cook. Um, he was doing all he could. He threw two interceptions today, maybe. Not 100%. I think, yeah, two touchdowns, two picks, 390 yards. Threw the ball 41 times, swinging it everywhere. They have no running game. Chris Carson's not there. They're playing a guy named Dallas in the backfield, I believe. And Alex Collins. Alex Collins from Arkansas getting carried there. Woo pigs. Um, so... Josh Allen lit him up. Josh Allen played great. When Josh Allen plays great, this Buffalo Bills team can beat anybody in the league, I'm convinced. If Josh Allen's playing this great, um, they lost to Kansas City at the beginning of the season, but Josh Allen didn't play great. Josh Allen plays great, they beat Kansas City, I think. This defense can step up in moments. Um, watch out. This Bills team, they they could upset some people. They can make a run. They're 7-2. and two. They're proving they're a good team. They had a few tough losses. And they beat New England last week to say, hey, we're still the best team in the division. They're going to have to play Miami again. Miami's getting kind of hot, too, as we talked about earlier. But today, great win. Um, Russell fumbled the ball twice, too. They just beat the hell out of him, really, all game. The Bills did. Um, Great, great defense from the Bills today. Doesn't look like they had 34 points to the Seahawks. But I thought the Bills played great. Two interceptions, two fumbles. Um, Really rattled Russ. And Josh Allen, again, played a great game with his defense playing good. He played good. Great team win for the Bills. Scary team. Got to watch out. Seattle had Carlos Dunlap and Jamal Adams back. Two, they're probably two best defensive players besides Bobby Wagner. And they still lost. And, you know, and I don't know what is wrong with this Seattle team. I think you have to fire your defensive coordinator at this point. I think it's Ken Norton. You got to fire him. Um, I like Ken Norton, but you got to fire him. Gosh, because you have good players. Dunlap just got there, but... Wagner, Irvin, is Irvin still there? I mean, Jamal Adams is a heck of a safety. You gave up two first-round picks to get him. Your defense should be better than this. It's insane that they're this bad. Uh, Flowers, he's a decent player. Um, Griffin is a good corner. He's a good corner. But I don't know what's going on there. They need to fire the defense coordinator or figure some, or <laughs> tell him you better get something figured out. Or I mean, th- this, this season is going to get away from them. This is their Achilles heel, and I've talked about it. I've said – this team can get better. This defense can get better, and they can make a run. But this week definitely was not the start of that. Bills put 44 on them, and um, Russell Wilson got beat alive. So we'll see how this translate going translates going forward. But um, not great for Buffalo right now. Or not great for Seattle right now. Goodman for Buffalo. And now we're going to go – to Indianapolis, where the Colts played the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens won 24-10. Baltimore is now 6-2. The Colts are now 5-3. This was 10-7 at halftime. The Colts were in the lead, and Lamar Jackson did not look good. Second half, he came out. They did what? Hey, they ran the ball. They ran the ball. Lamar Jackson got out of the pocket, ran the ball. Um, I I don't know why they don't. it, It just blows my mind. They're trying to make Lamar Jackson to something he's not. He had 170 yards passing, 58 yards rushing. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I think this team is this team is very good. They had, they also had a fumble by Indianapolis that helped them out and got them 
in good range to score. Let, let your defense do their thing. Let the Baltimore defense come out there, hit people, shut offenses down, and Lamar Jackson run, run this wildcat off, run this wildcat-like offense in the playoffs. You can beat teams. There is a formula to win if you're Baltimore. You have the MVP. He just he really just needs to work on his down the field passing. And it's more or less decision making than passing, honestly, I think, personally. I mean, some of the decisions Lamar Jackson makes, it looks like that if his first read isn't there, his second read isn't, he just, I don't think he has a lot of confidence throwing the ball in those gaps and in those uh, tight windows, excuse me. Um, and I, I just don't see it in him, at least. So, just need to see more of that as the season goes on. But last year, it was made easy because Hayden Hurst was a good tight end. They lost. They're going to miss him. Um, they're, they're missing him this year. They got Mark Andrews, who's very, very good. So, I don't know. I like this Baltimore team. They just need to fix a few things. But like I said last week, the Pittsburgh Steelers came in and took that game from them, and they shook up Lamar Jackson. Um, today, Lamar Jackson, I don't think he threw an interception. He didn't. He didn't throw a touchdown either. Stay mistake-free. That's that's always a key to winning when you have a great defense in Baltimore. So I think the Ravens are in a good position. Lamar Jackson's, you know, this is, they have a great defense. Lamar Jackson just got to go out there and run the ball well, throw the ball in the good windows, and they can win games like this against good teams like the Colts by just not making mistakes, controlling the ball, and letting your defense fly around and make plays. And Lamar Jackson, run the ball. Do your specialty. Get out of the pocket. Run the Wildcat. Run the uh, run a read option every other time. I mean, th- this offense can be extremely successful in the playoffs. I mean, just they just got to fix it. They just got to fix it. They can't have him throwing the ball as much. You need to get a number one wide receiver this offseason. As good as Hollywood Brown is, he's not a number one. You need to get a true number one, and I think that'll help too. But good win, Baltimore. They're a good team. They're going to be dangerous in the playoffs too. They're in the they're they're definitely in there for the for the uh, AFC crown for sure. Um, now we're going to go to Tennessee where the Titans won 24 to 17 against the Chicago Bears. The Bears are now five and four. Titans are six and two. Titans have struggled. I think they've lost two games against the Bengals last week and the Steelers week before that. So the Titans needed a win and they were at home against Chicago, a team that's also, I think, lost three straight. Um, great win for Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill made some really good throws, I thought. Really good throws. And two touchdowns. Um, Derrick Henry ran for 68 yards. Golly, this was this was this was a this was a close game. Kinda. Not really. I mean, Tennessee pulled ahead by a pretty good margin, and then the Bears kind of came back a little bit with Nick Foles. The Bears offensive line sucks. Nick Foles just just he's getting happy feet back there. He just he's dancing. He's so nervous. He's gonna get drilled because he is. This offensive line of the Bears is just very bad. That it needs to be better. We'll see how they look um, going on down the stretch. They play the Vikings Monday night. Big game for Chicago. If you don't win, you're gonna be five and three. And you were five and one a few weeks ago. So just saying, Chicago, how far are they fallen? I think the cracks are starting to burst through now. This offensive line sucks. People are attacking it. You can win with three probably against this offensive line. It's so bad in Chicago. Nick Foles is he's not great. He's okay. Um, Mitch Trubisky, they're not they've given up on him. And with Tennessee, their their offense did just enough against a very good Chicago defense to get the win 24-17. I think Montgomery of the Bears fumbled again. 
that also helped out. Um, yeah, so let's see. Yeah, Montgomery had a fumble, and Miller had a fumble. So, yeah, that that'll lead to a loss when you fumble the ball and give the other team the ball. Very, you know. So good, good game for. Uh, I did watch. I watched. I watched a good chunk of this game. It looked like Tennessee was in control, and I kind of flipped it, and it looked like Chicago came back and made it close. But Chicago, you got to you got to fix these things if you're going to be a good team. You know the Packers, they're going to keep on winning, and if you want to stay pace in that division and in this NFC, because it's going to be a tight race to the playoffs, you're going to have to win. You're going to have to win. You go five, you lose Monday night against the Vikings, and you're five and five. That's a rough spot you do not want to be in. So let's go on to our last game of the day. Save the best for last. My Detroit Lions went to Minnesota. And the Vikings won 34 to 20. Lions are now three and five. Vikings are improved to three and five. They've won two straight. They beat the Packers and the Lions, two divisional opponents. And um, what changed with the Vikings, I wonder? Oh, yeah, Dalvin Cook is back, and I think he's the best running back in the league at the moment. I know there's good running backs, but Dalvin Cook, my goodness, he runs the ball so hard. That offensive line blocks really well, has good holes, and he also catches it out of the backfield. He runs good routes, good hands. Um, he dominated my Lions, put up another spectacular fantasy performance. Um, 22 carries, 206 yards. My God, Madison had 69 yards. They ran wild on my Lions. Kirk Cousins, 13 out of 20 for 220 yards, three TDs. My God, Matt Stafford threw two picks, bad picks in the red zone both times, I think. Um, Amendola caught a few passes, Jones. This is just a completely different Lions team. I'll always say when Kenny Galladay is not playing. And now it seems like they're just going to screw around and not extend Kenny Galladay. They're kind of trying to lowball him, which, my God, that irritates the crap out of me. Pay Kenny Galladay. He's the best player on our offense. When he's not playing in games like today, it shows. I think when Kenny Galladay's been in the lineup all game, we're 2-0, and or at least 2-1. and I mean, this is just a completely different offense. You can just throw it up, and Kenny Galladay is going to go get it. Incredible, incredible wide receiver, top 10. They were even talking about trading him at the deadline. I think, what are you doing? Lions, what are you doing? If anybody you should pay on this team, pay the 24-year-old, 24, 25-year-old Kenny Galladay, spectacular wide receiver. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are thinking, God, Cole, why are you getting so worked up? Because I'm a Lions fan, and it's annoying. And I think anybody with the brain's thinking, yeah, why are they trying to trade Kenny Galladay? Why are they lowballing him? He's the best player on the team. Yes, yes, he is. Pay the man and get the man his money so he can stay around. And whoever's playing quarterback, if they move on from Matt or if Matt Stafford's there, I hope Matt Stafford stays there for a long time. I mean, my God, it's just a mess right now. They were 3-3 three and three, the lines where I thought they might have a chance. They were playing a decent Colts team and a bad Vikings team. Now they're 3-5. and five. Play the Washington football team next week. God knows if we'll win this game. Ah, so frustrating. Because the Lions, I like our team. I like TJ Hawkinson. I do like Kenny Galladay. He's been, he's been injured. Marvin Jones is good. Danny Amendola is good. I like our rookie, DeAndre Swift. We have Adrian Peterson running the ball sometimes. Good offense. Um, 20 points, two picks. Defense sucks. Fire Matt Patricia. Bring in a bring in a Eric Bieniemy or an offensive mind. And uh, let's get this team rolling again because I'll always say this Detroit Lions team has talent. They've had talent. They just have a bad head coach. And um, we just need to change the culture here. I thought Patricia would bring it. He hasn't. They were 3-3. Three and three. I thought maybe they're doing something. They're not. They're still bad. Dalvin Cook ran for 200 yards. It's time to move on from Matt Patricia. 
But that's my Lions, uh, Lions rant of the week, so I hope you enjoyed that. Um, and we'll be back to talk a little bit of college football, and we will wrap up. And the last game to recap was the Monday Night Football game. The New England Patriots won 30-27 over the New York Jets. New England Patriots move on to 3-5, and five, and the Jets fall to 0-9, still winless. The Jets had a 27-17 lead in the fourth quarter. Cam Newton had a goal line touchdown, and they had a few field goals from Nick Folk that helped them come back and win the game. Joe Flacco didn't play bad. He had three touchdowns, had a bad interception in the fourth quarter that gave New England the ball back and led to that Cam Newton touchdown, then got the ball again. Joe Flacco could not do the two-minute drill, which led to Cam Newton getting the ball and doing just enough to get his team in field goal range. Nick Folk hit a pretty decently long field goal. I think it was about 50 yards. Um, New England wins. And I sit here today, and I honestly think the Jets – in the game, we're probably thinking, okay, this is good. A lot of our young guys are playing well. This is the first time that they've been kind of healthy without Sam Darnold, that is. Um, so I think they had to be a little bit um, – I think they had to be optimistic about what they have on the field maybe because this, this is a New England team, though, who had like eight guys opt out, including Dante Hightower. Um, their secondary really got torched last night, though, by Joe Flacco. That's not something you ever want to see happen. The McCourty Twins and uh, J.C. Jackson, they really supposed to be the strength of this defense this year, and they really got kind of lit up last night. So um, if you're the New York Jets, uh, I think you're glad you lost this game. I think you're glad that your team played well and competed. But I think at the end of the day, you're thinking, I- I'm glad we lost. Because, you know, you definitely don't want to give up the number one, number one overall pick in a season where you're kind of the joke of the league anyway. You don't want to be tied with the Jaguars and possibly um, come close to getting the number two or three or something else like that. So in a season like this, you want Trevor Lawrence. Um, you want that number one overall pick. You hate to see teams tank, but I would understand if I did. Um, and I don't think they really gave up on the game last night. I credit Cam Newton. He made plays when he needed to. Jacoby Myers um, finally stepped up and made some plays for this New England Patriot team. Without Julian Edelman there, they just they just don't have hardly anything in the wide receiver position. This team's just so depleted. This roster's just – with guys opting out, um, it, it's just tough. They're expected to have nearly $100 million in cap space next offseason, though. So Bill Belichick will be able to bring in players – and rebuild this team, and that's part of the reason why I think he did not trade Stephon Gilmore at the deadline because he's thinking, okay, I'm going to have a lot of cap space next year. Hopefully Hightower and some of these guys that opted out that were paying money will come back and we'll get some of these bad contracts off the books and we can draft a few more guys and we can really improve. Maybe we'll get a quarterback. Um, I don't know. That's really the biggest question for the Patriots moving forward. Who will their quarterback be next year? I I don't think it'll be Cam Newton. I I could be wrong. They could bring him back. But um, I think they're going to want to get a younger guy in there and um, start kind of a rebuild for Bill Belichick and this team. Josh McDaniels should still be there. He just signed a long extension. Um, That's just personally what I think. And on the flip side, Jets, you lost the game again. Looking good. Looking good for the number one overall pick, Jets. Um, This game turned out to be better than I thought. It it was a come-from-behind game. You got to see Cam Newton come from behind. I I think Cam Newton's a pretty good quarterback this year. I really don't – I think a lot of people have – you look at the numbers, and he's, you know, I don't know how many touchdowns he has, but he, I think it was two to seven entering the game, TD to interception ratio. But you forget a lot of the rushing um, touchdowns Cam Newton had. 
and that um that definitely needs to be on the stat chart. So um, yeah, I like this Patriot team. I like a Bill Belichick coach team to compete and fight every week. They're always they can always upset somebody. They beat the Dolphins and the Raiders, who look like playoff teams um, earlier this year. So those are their those are their three wins: Dolphins, Raiders, and the Jets. And they play the Jets again. I don't think this team make the playoffs, but I think they'll they'll win a good amount of games as the year goes on. Bill Belichick's not going to let this team tank or let this team quit. So it'll be interesting as it goes forward. So those are my thoughts on Monday night. We're going to break down some college football now. We start, as always, in Fayetteville, where the Arkansas Razorbacks improved to 3-3 and in a very, very impressive win. You can't say enough. Down 13-0 at the half. They rallied. They came back. Just just a very gutsy win. 24-13. Tennessee goes to 2-4. and four. I, I, Tennessee, they played two or three different quarterbacks, I think. They really just that, – that's been their problem all year. I talked about that to a lot of people this week. They just don't have a solid quarterback. The, their team is fine. I think Tennessee's team is fine. They just have very bad quarterback play. And give this Arkansas team credit. They really shut it completely down in the second half. Defense locked them up. Barry Odom, great D.C. And offensively, Franks and them got cooking. I don't know how our kicker missed a, a field goal from the one or two-yard line. That that's just terrible, but he came back and made a pretty decently made a decent field goal. So credit the coaching staff for having trust in this kid to make that. Um, I, I I like this Razorback team. Three and three should be four and two, as we all know. We go into the swamp this week to play number six Florida. So that's going to be a very tough game. I think the only hope a Razorback fan can have is that Frank's coming home to Florida to play his old team at his home state. Maybe Franks has the best game of his life, and we can somehow come close to winning this game. That's all I can bank on happening. I like, <laughs> I do, I, I like us to compete. I like us to compete in this game and to fight hard because that's kind of been the theme all year. We've we've been in some game. We've been in every game. I think we've been in every game, except for the Texas A and M game. We weren't, you know, we were in it for a little while, but they kind of ran away. But Texas A and M is an amazing team, so. Yeah, and I think Arkansas has a strong possibility of finishing the season five and five. Honestly, they uh, they got to play Florida and Alabama, and then they also play LSU and Missouri. So they can easily go to five and five and be a five hundred team and go to a bowl, which they should anyway. So very exciting times for the Razorbacks. If the SEC didn't screw us and give us Florida and Georgia, if they gave us Vanderbilt and a um, I don't know South Carolina. <laughs> somebody like that we could easily be seven and three and imagine if imagine this guys I was talking to my friend at lunch about this imagine if the Razorbacks had played their original schedule they had to play you know you're looking at you're looking at that schedule they lose to Notre Dame Alabama maybe another game they're looking at possibly a you know nine and three eight and four team so this Razorback team is so good wish it was a normal year so we could have played some cupcakes and got some more wins on this because we're clearly good enough to beat some of these SEC teams we're playing um, just an incredible, incredible year. This the record is not indicative of our real season. We should be four and two. Such such a good turnaround. That this is the story of the of the of college football this season. I think Kurt Hartstreet shouted us out. So really, really just good stuff from the Razorbacks. Even if you don't really like the Razorbacks, I still think you got to look at them and go. That program has improved so much. There's just no denying that. Sam Pittman, Barry Odom, Kendall Bryles. Great job, everybody, from this Razorback coaching staff. It's not over yet. 
got four more games. We've got four more Razorback games to enjoy before probably a bowl game. So enjoy them while they're here. Sam Pittman does have COVID. I did see that. Um, Barry Odom, I think, will coach the game Sunday, again, or Saturday. I'm not as worried about it, though, because this is a game I don't think we'll win anyway. But I think we'll compete, and our guys will be high, high-level energy, and Franks is going to look to have a comeback game. So that's my thoughts on the Razorbacks. We go to Flor- We go to Georgia, where that was the SEC game of the week this last week. Number five, Georgia, hosting number eight, Florida at the time. And, wow, well, technically it's in Jacksonville. Florida dominated this whole game. The Georgia defense got a touchdown, and they did a little bit. They swapped quarterbacks, though. That's just been Georgia, too. They're like Tennessee. They have a very solid team, but obviously they're a lot better, Georgia is, than Tennessee. They just don't have quarterback play. They just don't have solid quarterback play. It's it's really tough because you look at this Georgia team, and they're they're one of the best teams in the country, I think. They don't play in the SEC. They play in the uh, Pac-12, ACC, Big Ten. This is a number two, number one team in that conference that's probably going to the college football playoff every other year. But since they play in the SEC, they got to get they got to play a lot of these tough big powerhouse SEC schools every year who are just getting better by the way with Jimbo Fisher and Florida coming on the rise now and Arkansas it looks like too. So tougher 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 it gets recovery smart. Tough loss, but on the flip side Florida had a great did a great job winning this game Trask. I think people don't know. He's like 6 65 66. Six, six. This is a huge kid. He looks he looks very big. And he dominated that game. He's got a great arm. Better first half than second, but they won the game. Um, now they play the Razorbacks, and they got to, they they control their own destiny. They be they should be in line to play Alabama in the SEC championship game, and I'm looking forward to that because I believe it will be quite a game. Um, other SEC action: Mississippi State beat Vanderbilt 24-17. Texas A&M. We we're just talking about them. Took care of South Carolina 48 to three. Not a lot of SEC matchups this week, but the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah, the Pac-12 was back, and very impressive performance from USC. The come-from-behind win over Arizona State. They got an onside kick and then scored a touchdown. Good stuff, really good stuff. Texas won over West Virginia. That was closer than a lot of people thought. Um, Texas has really made a turnaround since their program in their program since uh, at the beginning of the year. They had a few bad losses, um, including that four-overtime loss to Oklahoma. Michigan lost again. To Indiana, they're now one and two. I don't know if they've ever been under five hundred since Jim Harbaugh took over there. And I think more and more, more and more people are starting to look at it and go, "Okay, we we're probably going to have to fire Jim Harbaugh. We're probably going to pay a ton of money because this guy's just not going to get us to where we want to go." Um, it was at Indiana, but this is still a very very bad loss. They still have to play um, Ohio State. They could have a losing record this season. They really could. They're not playing good football. It doesn't look like that uh, Jim Harbaugh has ever had a good quarterback. Like I said, so this. Really, really tough. Now we go to Virginia Tech, where Liberty came into Virginia Tech. And mind you, Hugh Freeze coaches Liberty, the same Hugh Freeze that coached Ole Miss, and there was a scandal. I think this is a very good coach, very good person in Hugh Freeze. I think he got a bad rap there at Ole Miss. I think he'll be back coaching in the pack and the uh, Power Five conferences as soon as next year if he wants. Took a few years off. Now he coaching at Liberty, second year. They're seven and zero, by the way. Liberty seven and zero. Um, the rank number they were in number twenty five, and they came into Virginia Tech and beat them. Liberty was on a last second field goal to win the game, and it got blocked. Virginia Tech recovers it, scores a touchdown, but Virginia Tech head coach called timeout, brought the kick back. Liberty drills it, thirty eight thirty five. One of the more painful ways you can lose a game in this life, I would say, very very painful. Um, 
Northwestern beat Nebraska 21-13. Nebraska is now 0-2. SMU defeated Temple 47-23. The Raging Cajuns beat the Arkansas State Red Wolves 27-30. Red Wolves having an offseason this year, 3-5. Marshall, number 16 Marshall, moved on to 6-0 as they beat UMass 51-10. Wisconsin still has yet to play since the first game of the season they put on Thursday night, I think. Thursday, Friday night, had a great game. Had a good-looking QB. The, he tested positive for COVID, so they've been really careful. And, yeah, I, I really don't see how people can continue to put this team in the top 10 or the top 20. This is not a college football playoff team. They, they, have, to, they have to play games to be, and the Big Ten screwed them. So it irritates me that they're still in the top 10. There's so many teams that have played more games, have more sample sizes, and this team's only went out on the field once. Disrespectful to, disrespectful to um, in my, my in my eyes, but nevertheless, Cincinnati number six ranked Cincinnati thirty eight to ten over Houston. Cincinnati is now six zero. Oklahoma sixty two to nine over Kansas. Oklahoma improves to five and two after their bumpy start at the beginning of the year, similar to Texas. Oklahoma State moves up to five and one, twenty to eighteen in a close one over Kansas State. Iowa thirty one, excuse me, Iowa thirty eight, Baylor thirty one. Iowa wins that game. And Texas a oh, we already talked about that. Oregon, 35, Stanford, 14. I was flipping back and forth. This was a very good game. Um, what flipping back and forth. <laughs> I watched a little bit of it the next day. It looked like Oregon. It looks like Oregon's a pretty good team. This team in USC should be entertaining to watch as the Pac-12 season continues in their six, seven-game schedule they have. Oklahoma, Ohio State beat Rutgers 49-27. to Huge route for that team. This, this Ohio State team with Justin Fields, do not overlook this team when they get in the college football playoff because they will be in the college football playoff. This is an extremely good team. I expect them to beat the brakes off of Wisconsin in the uh, in a Big Ten title game, and I expect them to actually probably make some noise So in the uh, college football playoff. But we'll see. And last but not least, we will talk about the game of the week. Number one, Clemson. Number four, Notre Dame. Clemson, 47 Excuse me. Notre Dame 47, Clemson 40. Notre Dame moves to 7-0. Clemson is 7-1. That's their first loss in 35 games. Several national championships later, Notre Dame gets a huge win. Ian Book had an incredible game. This game went into two overtimes. The Razorback game ended, and we tuned straight in. Great overtime game. Ugulele, I believe, is the Clemson quarterback's name. He threw two touchdowns, 439 yards. I don't know if they had Trevor Lawrence, if it would make a difference. People say it would. I don't know. This kid's pretty good, too. They have they have another extremely good prospect in this kid, which is scary for other teams looking forward. But credit to Notre Dame. I think Brian Kelly was 0-7 against in big-time games like this, and he finally won one. This team controls their own destiny now. They will play Clemson, I believe, in the ACC title game. So they'll see him again with Trevor Lawrence. Can Lightning strike twice? Can Clemson lose twice in the same season to Notre Dame? I believe whichever team wins the ACC title game, which should be Clemson and Notre Dame, same game as this game. Looking forward to that great game. But whichever team wins that game should go on to the college football playoff. Great weekend of college football. A lot of good pro football. Um, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Sports Talk with Cole. We'll be back next week with some all-new content. Um, Hope you all have a great week. Hope you all are... Hope everybody's uh, well in the coronavirus.